0: Just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Each week, we discuss life's hard financial questions in our sections and such. We try to bring contemporary and newsworthy information to help you make better decisions about your money. Now, our first section today, we're going to talk about the market volatility coming out of April. And of course, it still leads into May. And Jeremiah, for a lot of our clients, we've been having a lot of conversation over the last couple of weeks talking about asset selection. And there doesn't seem to be any place to go to protect your money. I mean, money in the bank appears to be. But at eight percent inflation you're actually losing spending power on your on your dollar so you have inflationary risk. you have uh, bonds which have come under a lot of pressure um, and then you have the best of stocks that have been sold in certain areas of the marketplace just appears and people are just saying like what do we do? what do we do yeah. And this is kind of a moment in reflection in time to really s- stand back, try to seek wisdom and make the most knowledgeable, decision that you can yep. going forward.
1: Yeah. And for anyone out there, as well as our, our clients, you know, making a decision as a knee jerk, um, reactionary, fearful anxiety, right. it's not a great place to make a choice, you know, probably ever. <laughs> um, but in this moment, especially, you know, if you're in a, a state of feeling panicked or I just have to do this, that's not a moment to make a choice. Right. But like what you're saying, Randy, is when you evaluate your portfolio to say, it, is there a shift that's needed? You mm-hmm. know, a lot of our clients, uh, we made the portfolio shifts months ago.
0: Yeah, we we were talking about again. Um, we were talking about this late, late last year. We were concerned what was going to be the impact upon investments with a rising interest rate. So it, it it's not a surprise to us that the market is reacting with with within this inflationary issues. The additional culprits mm-hmm. have been Russia and China. Mm-hmm. That's added a whole another dimension but, to the volatility. The
1: I mean, we were not. Um, Knowing the future, you know, had we looked back, you know, we, we trimmed our clients' portfolios, right? We, we trimmed them, we reallocated, right. we made them, you know, stable for what you thought what the future might be. But looking back in hindsight, 2020, had we known, sure, we could have, you know, done all sorts of things. And again,
0: even if know. we would have known in, in today's environment, if, if you have, you know, 60 days or 90 days, there is nothing you could have done to prevent some uh, impact, yeah. negative impact on your. On a portfolio, yeah, yeah. And it's,
1: you know, without someone having a clear idea of every single stock that was going to go down, when there's things, you know, Walmart, um, Target, some of these that that were decimated, and right. some people would have, you know, even the day before <laughs> earnings came out and the day before these stocks fell, had said, "Hey, we look see the economy, we see where the future is going. These are some good, solid holdings. These are going to be okay." Um, you know, others would have said, "No, there's there's uh, fuel risks and all these other things." But the stocks, they they just got hammered. And whether that's fair or not for how much they got hammered, right? You know, the, the future will, will tell. But a lot of what we're going to talk about today is what do you do in the the fear and the anxiety and in this specific market when it doesn't look like there's a lot of good options out there. right? And, and the hard part, I think we all struggle with is no one knows the future, but you have the recent history is more um, vibrant than mm-hmm. longer history. And so part of our job is to make sure people remember that longer history. That even though things just, I think we mentioned last week that you know, if people have been invested for the last two years, you know, they may have seen, uh, or I think three years, they may have seen almost you know, 90 to 100% gains in their portfolios. Mm-hmm. And then now to have a 15 to 20% drop, well, overall, that's fine. That's normal yeah. market vacillation. If somebody has just started investing, this is extremely painful. Right. If somebody feels they don't have the time for their portfolio to recover, if they're you know, later in life or they have an expense that's coming up. They also feel very painful. In this,
0: yeah, I mean, it's one of the comments that we make to clients that have never invested in the stock market, and either through inheritance or the sale of a property or something, all of a sudden they go, "We would like to invest," and we've we've got referred to you, we've heard you on the radio. But one of our concerns when somebody comes in initially like that is that we have to be very careful and set their expectations because the market will always move against you at some point in time and the question is is do you have the time horizon and do you have the the resiliency to go through market fluctuations and of course everybody says they'll answer that question oh yeah i i i understand the market and i trust you guys and all that but at the end of the day it's an emotional aspect and do you have can you sit on your hands and allow the events to occur without panicking, right? Yep,
1: that's right. I tell a lot of people, you know, building a portfolio is not building it in this moment. You know, it's it's what you did six months ago to build it for this moment. It's what right. you did five years ago. So when we build portfolios, my I sit down with a client, we kind of talk through this. I'm looking at the numbers of their life, you know, the economics mm-hmm. of what risk they really can bear economically, but then also emotionally. We kind of walk through the the you know, let's say the psychology of it. I'm not a psychologist, but walk through kind of the emotions of investing and and get a sense that I want to build a portfolio that matches and is useful for their, not just their economics, but also what they can stomach.
0: Yeah. And so what we do is again, we do planning by the numbers and we come up with a required rate of return for each client. And that required rate of return tells you how much do you need to make on your portfolio in order to sustain your assets for the rest of your life. And for many clients they just, they, they come out of an environment where they're just, their money has been put into the general market and the general market is not kind, um, in environments like this. So
1: yeah, it's volatile. Right. And to say someone who only needs to make, you know, three or 4% of their money, we have a, a candid conversation of, you know, do we just want to invest for four to 5%, you know, to give them a little buffer and, mm-hmm. and that's it. And, you know, take very in, in prior markets, take a very modest risk. Right, but Or do they want to you know, invest for their grandkids or you know, some of the future? But when we look at this market, I think some of the things people are feeling, we've seen is when you look at large growth companies you know, from year to date. And large th- growth companies would be? Yeah, we got yeah, Microsoft, yeah, Apple, Amazon. Mm-hmm, Meta, which is you know, Facebook's parent, uh, Google, Alphabet, which is their parent. So Randy, you, you pulled out this report this morning to say year to date, these large growth companies that did so well the last two years, you know, they've been up and up and up. Year to date in 2022, they are down 38.68%. No, that's as of yesterday's close. That's yesterday. that, That's a mad, I mean, nearly forty percent fall for some of these these large growth oriented companies, and,
0: and that is a painful swoon. Right, and it's but catastrophic. Uh, it's how many people own those? I mean, those are such huge companies. Well, again, we've talked about this. We've talked about this for months, yeah. and the the fear that we had or the concern that we had is that these large cap growth stocks were embedded. They made up, what, 31% of the entire S&P, hmm. these eight stocks that we're, we're kind of targeting. But they are also the culprits for the major downturn within these right. funds.
1: When you compare that, so you have that you know massive fall, these huge companies that make up a huge amount of the S&P and, and other funds, the other index funds, other mutual funds. You compare that to the U.S. large value funds. Now, value companies are not ones that are expected to grow. They're ones that are usually paying a dividend. They're ones that um, are, are more stable,
0: right? So they're, they're the manufacturers, they're the banks, they're the the communications companies like ITT, you know, AT and T, Verizon, those kind of companies. Yeah.
1: The ones you don't usually see in the headlines, right? You know? um, but so they're same time period year to date, um, they they've done well, not as well as the the growth companies over the last two years, but year to date twenty twenty two, they are down
0: two point seven five percent. So the comparison of year to date returns, you know, being down maybe three percent. And then also being down comparison to large cap growth, which is where most of the growth has occurred over the last several years, they're off almost 40%. It's like two different markets. Yeah, yeah
1: and we've talked a lot in our our we meet on a regular basis with just our investment team and we are getting different signals from different places. You know, right. If you look at U.S. large growth companies, man, we are being decimated. If you look at U.S. large value companies, well, it's off of it. If you look at bonds, you know, we might say, wow, this has been such a massive hit that was unexpected by many many people that bonds have come down so far. But bonds, you've said it before, but, but bonds will recover.
0: You know, there, There's a path forward. They're, they for self-heal. I mean, again, I've, we saw this in 2008. Uh, that was before you were involved with the firm, Jeremiah, but there was a major sell-off in bonds in 2008. Uh, there was just a high fear level that made no sense. We actually bought individual bonds for some of our clients' portfolios At huge discounts, the thing about bonds is you have to realize they self-heal. So if you buy good quality bonds, whether they be municipal bonds like general obligation bonds or you buy treasuries, um, the the way that you control your risk is shorten your duration. And where you make your money is when the market gives you an opportunity to buy this asset cheaper and you hold on to it like a bond. A bond self heals the duration. So if you have a three or four or five year duration on your bond, you're going to get not only your invested money back, plus your profit, plus the interest that you made on the coupon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And mostly, uh, you know, as as bonds work, you know, bonds, normal bonds, you know, most of the people get, they pay out a a coupon every quarter, every month, you know, which is a, a kind of a dividend type payment. But at the end of the bond, you get the value of the bond, right? And so whatever it's you, whatever you buy it for, or sell it for today at the end of the duration, you know, when the time is up, you get back the thousand dollars or whatever the the face value is of that bond. And that's an ability, like say, said, it self-heals, it's going to get back to its natural price. So the bond markets, um, they've been, they've been really hammered. And yeah. the question is, is this. You know, the end of it, is this, you know, a great time to buy? You know, we're, we're not certain.
0: I, the, one, the one thing I would say to people is that you have a bond, and a lot of our most conservative investors have a bond portfolio. They, they make up a larger percentage of their portfolio because bonds are typically very stable assets. But in April, they got hammered really hard. I, I met with several clients. I said, we don't do anything. Mm. We hold on. I was sucker punched into this back in the early 80s during uh, at the end of the last I guess, the large inflationary period. And I had a client who just panicked and sold because the bond market was down. There was a sudden rise in interest rates. Paul Volcker, uh, at the end of the Jimmy Carter and the start of the Ronald Reagan uh, presidency, uh, interest rates rose dramatically. CDs at banks were running 12 13 14% on CDs. Mm. And bond values just plummeted. But within a year to two years, all those bond values healed. Hmm. And during this period of time, they got the interest on the bond. So by panicking, you literally lock in your losses yeah. instead of waiting for the thing to mature.
1: Yeah. That's good wisdom. So I think kind of a takeaway here is you know, there's pain at the moment, but not to be reactionary, not to jump. But it is a moment to sit down in a calm, you know, way and say, okay, is there anything I need to do differently? Is there anything that not not to avoid the losses I already felt, but to say for the future. Is there any way that I need to be invested differently? Are, are, there, are there things on sale? Are bonds right. on sale? Right. Are, you know, is, is large value, is growth on sale? Is, we, we've been talking a lot, but we'd like these dividend funds and dividend payers, that they are just stable. Yeah. And what they'll be in the future, or, you know, there's, there's differing opinions on that, but we like them a lot at the moment. So it's a good moment to analyze and consider your portfolio, not a good moment to react out of fear or anxiety.
0: Yeah. And I think there's some opportunities that you can take advantage of moving forward that can really be helpful and beneficial. But again, one of the things that we talked about at the very beginning of this year is that funds were so embedded with with just a few stocks that have done very well over the last several years. And there was going to be a moment in time, there was going to be a moment when the market would Uh, what we call reversion to the mean. It's going to come back to what the true value of something is. And most likely it's going to drop below. Now, if we're at that point, I don't know. And nobody can tell you that. But clearly we're getting close to having seen some really uh, extreme opportunities there. Um, If you'd like to know more about what we do and how we manage and the people that we bring to the table, help you make smart decisions about your money, I suggest you give us a call. Uh, We'd be more than happy to sit down and talk with you. 8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through TriCord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade member FINRA SIPC MSRB.
1: AM 590, the answer.
0: Welcome back. This is the section of the program that what we want to bring up. Hey, we got Memorial Day coming up uh, next Monday. And again, we want to hold out and honor. And acknowledge the people that have sacrificed not only their service, but in some cases, have sacrificed more than that. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a time to honor our veterans and to take time to, to really be a flag waver. Mm-hmm. Because these are the people that have kept our country free. And it, it is their sacrifice that, you know, that I, the shoulders that I stand on. And and I, you know, I think your father, as well as my father, grandfather, they all served in the military and for, without their sacrifice, we wouldn't have the country that we have today.
1: Yeah. And it's beautiful. I have have two grandfathers up at Arlington National Cemetery here in Riverside. And, you know, I don't know who, how often people go up there, but I mean, years prior they'll put flags out across and it's a a remarkable scene to see the amount of men and women who have uh, given their lives for this country it's phenomenal. So uh, I think it's, I think you're right. I think we have our, you know, heartfelt thanks to those men and women and their families who have um, not just served, but also served and given their lives um, for our country. It's great. But I think with that, as we look at civics, as we think of, you know, this Memorial day, uh, we kind of want to talk through a civics lesson, Um, you know, with, with all the things people hear about the Supreme court lately and the, the different decisions coming out, we have a number of people who have conversations say, well, is the court, you know, making this rule or are they throwing out this rule? And, you know, having an understanding of how our legislature interacts with our judicial system, you know, a lot of people think that the judges are making the rules, that they are making the laws, and that's not the way our system works. I mean, this
0: recent, um, I guess, leak of, um, you know, know, this this comment, I mean, what do you call it? Uh, um,
1: Yeah, it's a potential decision on Roe versus Wade. Of maybe changing something or whatnot. And
0: and, you know, and people reacted to it thinking that the Supreme Court is going to abolish abortion. But in fact, they don't have that power. They don't have the decision right. to do that. Right. And if if they follow what the the leaked potential decision and ruling
1: is, you know, from my understanding of it, is that it would be basically taking out the federal mandates and letting the states make those decisions they want to do um good or bad you know we're not here to talk about that aspect of it but just the idea of 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 civics how our country works you know part of it, as we look at memorial day we've been considering of, of how many people understand how our country works and their their rights and obligations in that one of the statistics i saw was that 22% of adults can't name the three branches of government
0: and uh, you have to pause when you make that comment can you name the three branches of government i, I hope so I, I, I would hope so i can yeah but the issue is it's appalling to me that 22% of Americans that have gone through our school system can't name them.
1: Yeah. And you know? that's layer 1. I mean layer 2, the next layer down is voting. I'm always amazed at how few people actually vote, vote in right. each election and knowing that it, it it's not just, you know, something that you're supposed to do or take time away, but man, it's a beautiful freedom that
0: we Yeah, have. it's not a burden, it's a responsibility. And it's a responsibility that so many people in the world don't even have that freedom to do that. Right,
1: right. And we can vote on big things, you know, the national elections, but even the local things. And I, um, you know, us living in California, there's times where I make comments that, you know, my vote, my vote on large elections, like presidential election may or may not um, have the sway that I think I want it to, because we live in California. But regardless of that, there are local items, there are regional items that that your one vote matters You know, your one vote has impactful. So I, I think for people to pay attention and engage with um, their rights and obligations is one of the items that we want to talk about was, was federalism, which you know sounds like Greek to a lot of people, but it, it's, it's a basic idea. It, it's whether or not each state should run themselves, or whether there should be one centralized government that is in charge of everything. Right. So you look at you know some of these autocrat type countries um, where it's like a king or a ruler.
0: You're seeing that in Russia right now with yeah,
1: Putin. It's one person in charge of all of it. You know, and there's clearly um, a, a rule there. There's other places where it's chopped up to be more regional. In America, we're we're a hybrid system. You know, we have state governments that make some laws, and we have a federal system that makes laws that apply to everybody. And if if anyone, if you need help falling asleep, (laughs) you can read the Federalist (laughs) Papers, but I read them going through law school, not all of them, but a number of them. And there was a big debate as we formed our country to understand, you know, should this be one government like England, you know, a monarchy Mm -hmm. that's everything, or should these be each state makes their own rules? And the hard part of being, well, if each state makes their own rules, has their own militias, what happens if we as a country get attacked? Well, we need one common defense, you know, a a government for the common defense. And that was a federal idea. But what about shipping rules or, um, you know, back then there, there there's slavery discussions So, you know, who should make those laws? And there's a good case to be made for having one centralized government. There's also a good case to be made to say, well, we have decentralized states' rights and we live in that balance. And that's part of even this this case, you know, that, that, that they're looking at about abortion rights to say, should each state have the power to do as they see fit? Or should the federal government have an overlay that, that overrides basically all states and has a certain certain rules?
0: And there was a this came this kind of started from an article that I read. Uh, this came out in um, earlier this year, but uh, it's called the uh, Roe Aberration in America's Civic Crisis. And it was an interview of Douglas Ginsburg but what I thought in this article that was really good is his comments about how little the American citizens understand the structure of how laws and the branches of government, what power do they have, and how little the American citizens really understand that. Yeah. And more his comments about education, and he's actually contributed to a, a site, it's called, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to you, it's called It, and his I-Z-Z-I-T dot org and it's a a free it's an online course and you can go in In fact i went on it and there's a there's a course called civic fundamentals and i would i would encourage everybody to go through it this is a test if you're if you're coming in as an immigrant these are 100 key questions that you need to know and you need to pass this test i took the first 10 and I'll admit to you that I got 90%. But I out of the first 10, I missed one. Yeah. And I went back and looked at it and went, Oh, yeah. it was it was a question about the Emancipation Proclamation. Yeah. Well, and, this
1: could even be a good thing as Memorial Day is coming up. Yeah. Test yourself. You know, do you understand how our government works? And knowing that anyone who becomes a naturalized citizen, they have to take a, a test. And that test is a hundred questions. It's a US citizenship test. And uh, in this article, he he's, he's been advocating that in graduating high school. Every U.S. citizen, you know, naturally born U.S. citizen should take the same test as they mm-hmm. graduate. And one of the things I, I like about you know, this site as you go through, you know, there's 100 questions. And for each one, there's a two and a half minute explanation. Right. So if you get one wrong, it's not that, oh, man, you got one wrong, but you now have an opportunity to fill that gap in your knowledge. And, and man, what a, what a great thing to do to honor those who have come before us to say, right. I'm going to understand... Our country. I'm going to understand our rights. I'm going to understand this to, to a different level. And so I, I, don't, I don't know. This is quite a you know party fair. <laughs> you get around. You take questions, but it, it could be. You well, know. it
0: could be. In fact, you could set these questions up and do it in a um, you know like you would like a board game. Yeah, and 100%. you could have these Who questions these, say, yeah. "Do you know the answer to this?" And to be right. curious in a group of ten adults how they would answer the questions. And uh, I, think, I think it would be kind of fun to do yeah, that. Yeah,
1: it could be a fun idea. What, one of the, the items, I think that the significance of this, one of well, the quotes they have in this article, says uh, an un- uninformed populace makes us prone to manipulation. You know, right. if, if we don't know our rights, if we don't understand where we come from, we are prone to be tossed you know, to left and to the right. And I think, man, it is, it's such a moment to, to acknowledge the legacy we stand on and to have the stability there to say, no, we are the American people. We, we know what we're about. we know where we're headed and we can help drive
0: this. Country. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Ginberg said that a lot of people get their knowledge primarily from television. You know, they, they know their freedoms, like, you know, uh, you know, bear arms or, you know, you can't, you can't, you have your freedom, you know, your rights, yeah, your rest of speech things, or something yeah. like that. But a lot of people don't know other than what they've heard on television, which in my mind is really dangerous. Yeah, it's uh, Probably from a sitcom anyway, right? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um If you have a topic that you would like us to discuss on any kind of future episode, just send us an email or using the contact button on our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com or just give our office a call at 951-684-7011. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening.